I feel like the conversation on disabilities is kind of a more current thing. It wasn't necessarily done even when I was a student going to elementary school. I think it's harder for teachers who have been teaching for a long time to accept Manitoba's inclusion and having those conversations. Also to building a safe environment in your classroom is so important. This is Michelle Lamb from Leaning In and Speaking Out a podcast hosted by Brandon University's CARES Research Centre. This podcast is part of a special series on social justice in education, conducted by students in Gustavo Mora's class called Schools as Complex Spaces. Jackie and I would like to extend our heartfelt thanks to Gustavo, his students and their guests, who are having crucial conversations about what it means to educate within contexts like the climate crisis, racism, addictions and more. Thank you, and enjoy the show. I'm Raquel, um, and I work at the daycare. So I'm Chantel, also wanting to be a teacher. Um, having it grown up with a disability, I would like to help uh, further spread um, awareness, maybe to those who are still struggling to understand what a disability is, and maybe help... Um, Others, like especially teachers who might not be aware um, that maybe they might need to change a little bit in tactics, like maybe to help uh, accommodate for, for these students instead of continuously choosing the, e- the easy way out. And that's uh, pretty much why I chose this topic. Um, Our one guest we have is Trevor. Uh, Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm Trevor McIntyre. I'm in my second year of teaching. I graduated from Brandon University in 2020. And my first year of teaching, I taught uh, the entire 10 months of remote learning for grades K and 1. And and now I teach 9 to 12 humanities in Winnipegosis. And I absolutely love it. And we have a great school with, uh, with... with just a wonderful population of students and it's a wonderful community to be in. And I love that I get to teach just such a vast amount of topics. I actually taught nine different courses uh, this, this, this year collectively. So it was, um, and no, re- no repeats. So um, they're all different courses, but you know, it was really, really fun. And um, I, I'm having a wonderful time. And uh, our second guest is Alicia. So Alicia, would you mind telling us a little bit about who you are? So hi everyone. My name is Alicia Buchert. I'm a first year grade one teacher in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Uh, This is, like I said, my first year of teaching. I graduated from Brandon University back in May of 2021. And it has been quite a journey. I've definitely grown as a person um, and as an educator as well, being a teacher. And I absolutely love working with children. Uh, it has been my dream since I was a little girl to be a teacher. Um, and it happened. And I'm so blessed. And I've learned a lot. And I definitely have seen the benefits of making my classroom a more inclusive space, especially when it comes to having conversations. And it just makes um, my classroom a space where everyone feels welcomed and their opinions valued. Um, We chose ours on disabilities and particularly the stigma and discrimination on on them. 
Uh, stereotypes in people with disabilities vary between major and minor things. Uh, minor being like, I don't want to play with you because of your disability. Um, and major being uh, because of your disability, you're not going to succeed in life. And people are generally discriminated against uh, based on stereotypes and the nature of their disabilities. Like most common attitudes toward disabilities would be like the inability to learn more about it, ignorance, inability to comprehend, uh, viewing people with disabilities as less than what is considered normal in our society. Our first question we have, um, what makes disabilities so difficult to understand? Is it because of the complexities surrounding them? I think that disabilities are very difficult to understand is because they affect everybody so differently. And it's also like a very personal subject. And so not everyone necessarily feels comfortable having those conversations. Um, I feel like the conversation on disabilities is kind of a more current thing. It wasn't necessarily done even when I was a student going to elementary school. And so the conversation is so new that it can sometimes be very difficult to have. I would agree on that as well. I find that it's very much more becoming more current than it has been in the past. And I couldn't agree with more on that. And I feel folks are becoming a lot more empathetic. However, though, it's it's there's a long way to go and there's a lot of stigma behind them as well. So I think a lot has to do with people being afraid of saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing as well. And so that really affects the way we interact with those who are differently abled and the way we the way we converse with those who are differently abled and i find too that there are definitely ones that are more complex than others and there are going to be some that are more challenging to understand than than others uh, pat- particularly those who have maybe a more layered con- condition um or those who have a different uh, different side effects. But I think also um, it's difficult to understand too because sometimes there's a lack of effort that goes into understanding them as well. And we have so much of available information and resources and knowledge keepers and educated individuals that are able to educate us on, on those with with disabilities, but I think it's um I think it's important for us to also put the effort into um, understanding them as well. Um, I'm not sure if this one was worded correctly, but I'm going to try. Um, so basically, the general focus uh, is mostly on the negatives uh, parts of um, disabilities uh, versus the positives. Um, I think it was as a way to better understand them. So what's your opinion on that? With the, like with the general focus being more on the negatives versus the positive. I personally think that in general, as a society, it's naturally easier for people to focus on the negative, not like in the conversation around disabilities, but basically anything in life. Like I even find myself, I tend to focus on the negative in a situation instead of the positive. But at the same time, I don't agree that that is the best approach to understand people. Like nobody is perfect. um, But at the same time, we all have amazing things that make us um, unique individuals. And it's important to look at the positive side of things so that we can encourage those around us. So instead, I think it would be really good that we take more of a strength-based approach. 
which focuses on an individual's strengths and uses those to help them learn and help them understand instead of focusing on the negatives and what they can't do. I just echo it. That's similar to what I was exactly thinking as well. Um, I, I believe that it is important to focus on sometimes the positives and the negatives. However, though, I couldn't agree more. Naturally, as humans, we tend to focus on the negatives. And I always am optimistic in that the reason why we focus on the negatives is because we have so many positives. So when negatives do happen, they um, they really do stand out. Um, however, though, I do 100% agree. And I think it's important to focus on the positives and what pe- what folks are able to do. Therefore, we see their potential. We see what they're capable of. And I think it's important at times to focus on the negatives um, because then therefore we see the challenges and the obstacles that, that people are facing and they are able to express their true feelings of what's, of what's happening um, within them and to them. However, though, I think I couldn't agree more. It's important that we focus on what they are able to do more so than what they're, um, I don't know if I want to use the term not able to do, but that I guess that would be the best way of putting it at the moment. So I definitely agree with you, what you just said. Um, I think when we see someone with an ability, often the first thing that we see is the things they can't do in the assumptions. But the reality is, is that many people with disabilities have been able to adapt and figure out how to do life. Sure, they may need different adaptations or ways to do it that might be different than what I guess society would consider normal. However, we definitely do make those assumptions. And even if like we know one person with a disability and then we meet someone else with the same disability, we can easily lump them together and give into those societal stereotypes, which isn't good like in any situation. So I definitely agree with you. And I'll just add on to that because again, I couldn't agree more. And I think too, so much of it too, is that we don't converse with those folks enough to understand what they can actually do. And we don't actually, we always base it on assumptions without actually getting their insight and their input on what they're capable of. And so many times we would be so surprised and um, shocked about what they're able to do. And it's sad to say that, but it's, it's so very true. And I, I really think that it's important that we continue to have a further conversations, because I feel like we've come far with the conversations, but I think it's important that we actually involve those who live those experiences and have those challenges to be a part of those conversations and those actions moving forward. Okay, our next question for you guys. Um, Where can people find the resources to learn more about disabilities? Um, To learn more about disabilities, I definitely say, at least with the education system, is to look at, um, we have the Manitoba's inclusive um, inclusion philosophy, <laughs> um, which states that inclusion is a way of thinking and acting that allows every individual to feel accepted, valued, and safe. An inclusive community consciously evolves to meet the changing needs of its members. Through recognition and support, an inclusive community provides meaningful involvement and equal access to the benefits of citizenship. In Manitoba, we embrace inclusion as a mean of enhancing the well-being of every member of the community. By working together, we strengthen our capacity to provide the foundation for a richer future for all of us. Um, And so I truthfully believe it is important that we hold teachers 
and we hold principals and we hold like higher up administration to this policy. So definitely this is an important resource, but also there's lots of different like organizations offered through the government of Manitoba that can help. And one particular resource that I've used in my classroom is called the Rick um, Hansen Foundation. And they have different videos. They have different resources that get sent to my email. So there's videos and there's different activities where I can share those with my students and we can have those conversations and um, in a safe environment. Um, Touching on that, Alicia, do you think there is any gap that you see in the provincial framework? Um, I think if there is a gap, I think it's harder for like teachers who have been teaching for a long time to accept Manitoba's inclusion philosophy, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, I'm a first year teacher. We've learned about this in ed. I've talked a lot about this. I see the benefits, but there's lots of older teachers in our school system that don't seem to understand this policy and why it's in place. And so I feel like that can actually really inhibit our school system in general, because not everybody is on the same page. I just adore your answers, Alicia. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, <laughs> I um, uh, If I could just include some resources, I actually, I am a true believer in teachers pay teachers in the sense that for educators, they have so many inclusive um, resources that you could, that you can use um, and that you can use in your classroom. And it's right at the, it's right at your fingertips, but also too, I always am one that instantly goes to the free tab. And if you click the free tab, there's always so many wonderful resources um, that are that are inclusive um, and that give you even alternative lesson plans for those who who um, need who may need extra support who may, or who may face um, challenges or who are modified or adapted. And um, another organization that I've had I've I've received some some uh, information from is Manitoba Possible. Um, they have a website where they talk about different types of disabilities. They talk about, they provide you resources. They talk about how to interact with those and converse with those with, with certain disabilities, how to approach certain conversations. And I've really, I've really, really enjoyed that resource. But I also encourage teachers to also take advantage of their professional development opportunities. I think so many times we, we find it so easy just to go with something that's so familiar. And I think what's so lovely about this particular podcast that we're doing right now is that we're talking about things that um, that for some might seem uncomfortable. And I think that it's important that we take advantage of those opportunities to, to find inclusivity in, in our classrooms as much as we can and in our schools. And that's inclusivity for, for, for all, but in this particular instance, for those who are differently abled. And I have had nothing but wonderful wonderful things come out of me um, taking advantage of those particular professional development opportunities. And also talking to your resource department. There are people who are skilled in your school divisions to, to help you develop lessons and to develop and to develop um, assessment strategies and things such as that for for students who who are differently abled. So those those are the resources that I would say are m- most important to take advantage. I'm sure I'm missing a few, but I those are the ones off the top of my head. Well, there's definitely quite quite a lot of resources out there. <laughs> um, 
All right. Trevor, I'm actually going to get you to answer this. I think the positive components of a disability are rarely, if ever, talked about. Um, I think I'll just echo what was said earlier. I think it's because we tend to focus more on the negative and what folks are unable to do either than what they are able to do. And I think even just people in general, I think we want people to think more of us. And I think it's interesting that we still have to have conversations with those who are differently abled um, to talk about how we can think more of them. And I I will say in my experience, I've seen both positive and negative components spoken about, um, but I think we definitely need to shift more toward the positive because we need to think more about what folks are able to do than what they're unable to do. And then therefore we're utilizing them for what what their strengths are and that's what we do for all of our students that's what we want for ourselves that we want people utilize ourselves utilize us for what we can bring to the table and what strengths that we have so i think that the reason why people more focus on um the negative is we're naturally able that's what we naturally do so i think it's important to start shifting it toward the positive and this podcast is a perfect example of that okay um, just to kind of touch up on that, so what strategies could we use to focus on the positives? Like, it, it can be any specific um, example or anything. So, so what kind of strategies do you think we could use there? I think it's really important to um, start focusing on adapting our classrooms to talk around um, those who are differently abled. I, I think adapting the environment, including them in conversations, um, making sure that Students are aware of ways that they can interact with them that are healthy, that are not demeaning or belittling. I think it's also important, too, that students see themselves represented, if it be through imagery or through story or the examples that we provide. And I I actually, I, I've had instances where students... Um, feel that they're just more engaged. I'm sure uh, we'll all see that if we haven't already. Of uh, Students, they feel more engaged when they see themselves represented in, in a particular lesson or a, a particular assessment. So I think it's also important to have informative conversations with our colleagues. And I know Alicia was mentioning this earlier about how there are some colleagues that may not be as up to date, I guess, with the particular with particular um, progressions that we are making. But I think it's important that we have these conversations with our colleagues and that we encourage our colleagues to take part in those professional development development opportunities. But I also think too, to elaborate a little bit further on what I had mentioned earlier, when I talk about adapting classroom environments, I think it's also to providing tools and materials that are that will allow those who are differently able to thrive, if that be closed captioning, speak and spells, educational assistance support, flexible lesson plans, more time, whatever it may be to allow them to thrive and feel the most intelligent that they that they should. And I think too, in doing that, we are we are leading to a more empathetic, generation of of students that we are bringing up that will that will be more understanding of those who are different than them. Trevor, I really appreciated what you had to say. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing. I am going to echo and kind of agree with you in many ways too about um, 
just the conversations around disability not being necessarily positive. Again, I think that's a lot of it's that's associated again with just the newness of this conversation. And like when I look back in the past, like a lot of conversations around disabilities have just always been negative and society has become used to that and comfortable with that. And that's why it's so important that us as new and upcoming educators, like have these conversations, whether it is with our colleagues, like Trevor had mentioned, but also with our students. You know, I, um, at least I have lots of students who haven't had conversations like this before, and I'm sure many of you do as well. And so starting those conversations is like the most important step. So definitely, and talking about the positive and the way I think like phrasing of questions as well is really important, at least for us as educators to get our students on the right track. And sometimes you may have to have a discussion with your class afterwards, you know, and just say like, hey, like, did we talk about what, um, whatever topic you're talking like in a positive way and having those conversations and just also to building like a safe environment in your classroom is so important because if the kids don't feel like your classroom is safe, they're not going to have those vulnerable conversations or maybe even some of them that have like a really good opinion or idea aren't going to share because they're just too scared. So building that classroom community, especially in like September, October at the beginning of the school year is very valuable as well. Can I just mention one thing too? I I completely agree with that too. And one of the things that I do, I teach high school. And one of the things that I do right from the beginning, as I mentioned to my students, I give the expectations of respect. And we spend, we spend even in high school, sometimes cumulatively days talking about respect, even if they're not demonstrating that I want them to know the expectation of our classroom, our school, and how they will treat others. And I feel like, like Alicia says, it it makes for a more comforting environment, a more welcoming environment. And I just wanted to, I wanted to throw that one in there as well. I know personally for me, I started off my year and we had um, a conversation around something called bucket filling. I teach grade one. So these are like little, little guys. And just talking about how you can fill somebody's bucket. That means like doing kind things, sharing, saying a kind word. And then there's things that you do that take from somebody's bucket. So whether that's actually like physically punching someone or saying a, like a not nice word to them, things can take from your bucket. And so we had a lot of conversations around that. Um, and I feel like that really benefited my students. And then we also did something called sunshine buddies. And so I'd have, um, I'd pair them off in different, like for one week, they'd be with one other student. And then the next week they'd be with someone different. And then they talk about different questions. And so they got comfortable with one another and sharing. And as a result, I feel like in a general sense, we can have like much more vulnerable and good conversations because we worked hard on this in September and October. Now we can have these conversations now that we're in February, getting close to March as well. That's actually a really great way to establish uh, relationships with everyone in the classroom. Okay, um, for my next question, I'm going to ask Alicia uh, specifically, um, from your experience, how have you helped teachers adapt classroom environments in school curriculum? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I know when I first started <laughs> teaching back in September, I'll be honest, I was really scared. And I'm like, what do I even have to offer this school? Because I'm trying to figure everything out. And it's like scary. Um But I definitely say I've been able to have a few conversations with several like veteran teachers, more or less kind of in the staff room. It hasn't been like a formal conversation, but just having conversations about what I'm doing in my classroom. 
around inclusion and just adapting my room. Um, in particular, I have a student with cerebral palsy. And so she needs to be like right near the door and um, just different adaptations and just talking about um, the conversations I've had with my students about how she may do things differently, but the differences in my classroom make us stronger. And so having those conversations um, with my students, but also with my colleagues, um, I wouldn't say I've necessarily encouraged a colleague to adapt their curriculum, but I've definitely like encouraged a few of them to think about that and have conversations around that. Okay. So then the, the last question we have, um, Trevor, th th this one's for you specifically. <laughs> so how can we as a new generation of teachers promote inclusion for children with disabilities in our classrooms and the school environment? That is a wonderful question. Um, I think in my practice, I always speak with my students and let them know their voices are heard and that they deserve to be heard and that I want to hear them. I think one thing, and to echo what was said earlier about me developing an environment very early, and that is one that is inclusive, that doesn't tolerate hate or discrimination. Um, one of the first steps of developing and fostering an inclusive environment is through communication. So I believe that communication is first and foremost uh, very important. Um, and actually talking to students about those who are differently abled makes, makes them more comfortable to then come forward with questions um, with, about those maybe who are differently abled and also interacting with those who are differently abled. Again, I think um, so, many, so many of us, again, are afraid to, to make a mistake or or say something wrong or interact with them um, in the wrong way. But if we didn't make those mistakes, then we wouldn't have progression. And I think it's very important that we allow students to make those mistakes and as well as, but as well as make it very, if it be forward from the beginning that you won't, that you don't tolerate though, that you don't tolerate hate. And again, talking with those who are differently abled and ask them what makes them feel most comfortable. Um, ask them how they enjoyed being assessed in the past or what worked for them in the past, especially if they're a student who is new to your school or new to your classroom. It's important to coerce with those who had previously taught that particular student as well. And then also develop strategies and methods that are flexible and that can be adapted because as teachers, we juggle so much, and that's just one thing that we juggle that we just ha might have to adapt for one, two, maybe more students. And this way, we're making an environment that feels welcoming, that everybody feels most represented. And again, like I'd said before, based also including things that are including things that represent everyone. So for example, if that be imagery, if that be the stories you tell, the examples that you give in class, that everybody feels welcome. And finding ways of including students in particular activities. I um, There is a particular activity where I have the kids play a four corners type game, even in high school. We absolutely love this game. It's like a quiz game. And I... I actually have a lot of my inclusive students take take part in it, but they buddy with somebody. So in this way, this way they can buddy with with a classmate. So they're able to uh, choose which corner is the correct answer. And if they're incorrect, they're with somebody. So then this way they don't feel alone in being incorrect. And 
I think that's, I think what's also great is then those students are able then to develop um, friendships and are develop uh, camaraderie with those who are differently abled as well. That's, that's pretty fascinating. I don't know why when, when you mentioned four corner, I was thinking four square. <laughs> it could be fun. It could be real fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that brings us to the last of our questions. So, Alicia, Trevor, do you guys have any questions for for Raquel and I? I would like to know if you guys have encountered a social justice issue in a school that you have worked at in the past or done your student teaching at and how you guys like felt about that or if you did any advocacy. Just your thoughts on that. I kind of noticed... Um, something when I was um, subbing once as an EA. This was last year. Um, and I will be honest, I didn't really do much about it. <laughs> so I, I, I feel pretty terrible about it. Um, but when I had noticed that there was a student um, with um, disabilities in the classroom, like most of the time that um, individual was taken out of the classroom or like one in particular, like th- th- this is a grade two class, mind you. Um, and they were painting stones with the seven teachings. Um, this particular student, instead of being encouraged to maybe paint a stone, they were playing on an iPad. So I was a little, hmm, kind of on the fence about that one. I, so I was, I, unfortunately, I didn't really say or do much sadly, but it, it was just what, what, what I had noticed. Um, I haven't done any student teaching or anything yet, but um, I do work at a daycare and one of my little sisters um, has some disabilities. Um, so I definitely notice it. And uh, last year she was not kicked out of school, but she was taken away from school from a long time because uh, da- like daily interactions big behavior problems were occurring. So instead we just did all her schooling at home. And when she did go back, she would have like a special program that would reward her because it's not that she couldn't do the work and she wouldn't do it. She just uh, sometimes would just flat out refuse to do it because it was too easy for her or she had already done it that day. So she just chose to... Uh, tell the teacher no, and the teachers would not do much about that. So then she wouldn't get her uh, uh, reward at the end of the day, which was just like a form that said, oh, great job, whatever your name is. Uh, You did everything you were supposed to do today. And then your mom just saw it, and she just thought that was so cool. I am. Uh, I just want to mention something about what Chantel had said. I um. I've had those moments too, where I, especially when I was first starting, when I was um. I I've um. I've actually been in the school system for I've so this is like over ten years now. But I but I as an EA, mind you. But I I started off as an EA. But I I want to say I want to say to Chantel. Um, I never want you to negate your presence because your presence is, was really important in that moment and that you took it as a learning lesson. So I know that it, it would, doesn't always feel good. And I, and we've all done that, but I want to say like that, like the fact that you're learned that you took that as a learning lesson is really admirable. And I think that's really awesome. And so I think that's super cool. Um, uh, 
Um, I, my question for, for you both, was there something that you took from this particular presentation that you might want to move forward with? I think it's really cool for us, Alicia and I, to hear like maybe what's maybe working for us from our colleagues here in this podcast. So I'd like to maybe hear what you all think, um, what, maybe something you took from this podcast that you might want to use. Um, a huge thing for me that I think is just inclusion, always pushing that no matter what you're doing, it can always be group work. It, you don't have to do learning uh, individually. Uh, COVID's definitely, I feel like, has been a big impact on little kids, big kids, everybody. And uh, not being able to work hands-on a lot of stuff. But I feel like inclusion and pairing people up with uh, the individuals who are more likely to speak out and who are to participate in class and then the ones who are more shy or timid. I think what I took from this is um, it, we've definitely come a long way in, in spreading um, awareness for uh, for disabilities. That, granted, there are still some parts that need polishing and need tweaking, but but we've definitely come come a long way. Like 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 there like people are more aware and I think more conscientious about it and there 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 are still bugs in the system that need fixing but but we do have resources available for that so that's definitely and just kind of piggybacking off of what what Raquel said it also promoting more inclusion as well um that that's definitely what I took from it uh, I just wanted to say on behalf of both of us, uh, thank you guys so much for joining our podcast. We learned a lot. and We're very thankful for you guys. Oh, you're so welcome. This was such a pleasure to be on and thank you all so much. And it was nice meeting you all. Uh, Chantel, I've knew prior, but it was it's very nice meeting you all. You've been listening to Leaning In and Speaking Out, a Research Connection podcast from Brandon University. For more episodes or to learn more about the BU Cares Research Centre, please visit our website at bucares.ca or you can come find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts.